Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Power Trader Radio's Trade Talk, the show designed exclusively for the savvy stock trader or investor of today. With the latest market analysis and strategies, stock market tips and tricks, Investments with options and spread trades. Near report, news, events, analysis, and research. We put it together for you. Hosted by Andy Peterson and Mark Eli. And now here are your co-hosts, Andy Peterson. And Mark Eli. And we're not the only guys on the show today. Please welcome CTO Ramesh Kumar. And CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, John Lindahl. Uh, the four of us are here to take your calls and questions. Feel free to give us a call at 914-338-1702. We specialize in options trading, but you can ask us questions about Bitcoin, uh, just the markets in general. I heard some strange news, like a rumor that uh, we may have uh, the longest bull market in history. I think I might have seen that on my Twitter feed or Instagram or Investopedia or one of the many resources, news sources that I look at on a daily basis. Um, So, guys, is that true? Are we really in the longest bull market in history? As of March 2009, that's when it all started. Wow. Thanks, Obama. That's great news. (laughs) So, it is. a little bit more about this bull market. I mean... Um, I know that is is particularly driven by the technology uh, sector, but um, since 2009, that's been going on for a long time. Is this is this something that you could think is going to continue to last? And and historically speaking, um, what how does this fit in the category of of the bull market since they've been tracking this sort of thing? Well, you know, that's just 3,453 days of a bullish market. And what's interesting is that they define a bullish market where you don't have a a dip of greater than 20%. So uh, okay. that, that's, kind of an, that's kind of an interesting thing. So we, we had what they call a wobble uh, a couple times. We've had the S&P uh, uh, come on down and, yeah. and challenge this bull market. It was a... A 10% wobble that uh, was over two weeks in January, and okay. um, the S&P fell. Um, but but it, we still considered that a bullish market because we've had a a, a rise, a continuous rise. And this, uh, like you just said, this is the longest in history. And you know that's a great question. You know, there's a lot of contrarians out there, but been carrying banners around saying doomsday, doomsday, get ready to um, buckle down. Uh, Paul Tudor yeah, Jones yeah. is a strong advocate of that. He, um, you've, you've heard of Paul Tudor Jones. He oh, sure. Made, he, made his, uh, he made himself famous by 
using the stock crash of the uh, 30s and, and the, uh, the Great Depression in the 20s, uh, 1920s, to um, model um, upcoming future trends and looking for patterns that he had learned in that uh, research in that time period and being able to evaluate and predict patterns in the future. But gotcha. uh, that hasn't proved to be the case. Yeah, and I, I do like that term wobble. I think it, it lends itself to uh, something that we've been working on a little bit. Two episodes ago, I think we had John on uh, the podcast. We were talking about the alignment report. We were talking about making a specific change for him. Of course, it's going to uh, positively impact many traders out there. That is um, the ability to limit the amount of trades returned by Ari's uh, query engine to those that are very stagnant. And um, basically, he's looking for trades that have not um, wobbled more than 10, 1% or 2% over the course of you know six or so months. Um, we basically just say a percent change, but we also allow for wobbles as well. So we could either say, you know, I want to look at all stocks over a six-month period that haven't strayed 2% from their current strike or stock price, and then we could say, yes, we will allow for wobbles. And so I think that that could be something that we add to the alignment report, Mark, just in terms of terminology. I think we, I think just to use the term wobble would be a, uh, a suitable approach to kind of describe what it is that we're trying to show our users. Yeah. Do you want to see a wobble or don't you see, want to see a wobble? And John, I don't know. Do you have a preference with regards to those uh, trades where you're looking for a stagnant trade? Do you care about the wobble in between a set time period for your stagnant trades? Well, it, it all depends, Andy, on you know what your uh, what the trade length is, what you're looking at in terms of you know how long you've uh, got the trade open. So it it obviously has a an impact on how you might place a trade as to when that wobble comes in and hits. That the wobble Mark talked about earlier this year wasn't very long. Um, right. I think the I think the thing that is is you know going back to the the whole. Uh, bull market run that we've had, you know, we, we've survived a lot of things here. You know, there was uh, there was the oil price crashing, the the sl- slow growth in, with China, the uh, the the euro. There was rumors of the euro uh, uh, being dropping, and, and yeah, even uh, Turkey now. Yeah, you know, our our uh, credit rating was dropped, but but you know, the the bull run normally end in in recession um and uh you know i don't right really i you know and and these are some of these things cause wobbles too and i think that um uh you know there's not much risk of a recession right now given our unemployment numbers the the uh q2 growth um you know earnings are are really looking great um and things like that so i i don't really i don't really see the threat of that but you know, in terms of, uh, of uh, I, you know, I prefer, you know, if I'm looking at something where I get a wobble, I, I guess we'd have to define what what percentage change mark would you would you say a wobble is? <laughs> in some well, you know, that's a good thing. I, obviously, it didn't break the twenty percent, so that's that's right. the I guess right. the, yeah. So I, but they said a. The wobble they were showing was a ten percent. So, so that you know, it's what's interesting though. You know, talking about these wobbles and stuff. If you put this in perspective, and you go back to two thousand and nine, 
and you look at the Dow, the Dow in 2009, the beginning of 2009 was 6,500. Yeah, so we, we've actually tripled in the Dow in this, this bull run period. We've gone from 6,500 to 26,000, over 26,500. And, and uh, that's a phenomenal uh, bull run. That's a, that's a huge run. So you, um, if you look at the Elliott wave, you have this two-third, one-third thing, and everything is in these uh, ratios, and you're going back to a derivative of the Fibonacci sequence, and you're using the, the those terms that they they coined in, in trading, you know, the Fibonacci, the Elliott wave, all these different uh, and types of technical analysis. And, and you notice that this pattern of three, one-third, two-thirds, three, and you notice this this is a tripling of the uh, – mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so – uh, a lot of an an- analysts would say, "Hey, we're now predu- uh, predict a doom, predict a pullback. Pull. This is this is it. This is the trigger. Expect uh, expect some sort of uh, dip in the near future." Um, however, an- another person would uh, look at that uh, Elliott wave and say, "Hey, we've now pushed up, you know, three times. So you're going to have a one third more up." So there's a room for one third more up before you have a, a, a pullback. So gotcha. what would that mean? So um, I guess the I guess the uh, bullish uh, trend would probably be contrarian to to a lot of other traders, but most traders like you and I, we tend to be a, a glass half full type of guy. We I like to see the bullish runs. I think the markets and companies go into business to make money, and I like to bet with them. Right, and yeah. I think that's a good point. And yeah, uh, John, just to, just to interject here real quick before you do, I'm just looking at uh, the bull market in general and the fact that um, that Mark, uh, you've made we've we've made some trades uh, that have capitalized on this bull market, but there's also opportunities uh, for bear market trades. As we looked at uh, last week with the trade on the ticker YY, and if you haven't uh, listened to last week's podcast, go ahead and, and take a listen on how you can trade uh, and make money with a uh, uh, with options um, on a, in a bullish uh, a stock that's trending uh, bearish as well even if the entire market itself is is bullish and uh, and so um, John go ahead I apologize for interrupting there no no I think you know, just to tie on to what Mark has been saying is you know I think that we as we what we're going to be doing in the near future is we're going to have this uh, webinar and we're going to show people how to be nimble and how they trade uh, based on um, technical indicators and um, that we are looking at in the short-term market so that, that if, if a wobble comes and say it's 10, 15%, uh, of a of an equities price, we're gonna we're gonna capitalize on that until we see a change in the trend. So uh, it's gonna be a really uh, eye opening um, webinar for people upcoming, you know, soon. And um, but you know, I think that uh, I think that you know what 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 would what what could cause a a problem or threaten this bull run now is I, I believe it's you know the the international growth in in the growth in our country due to the some of this this trade war issue that's going on 
because that could slow growth and it could lead to inflation. And those are some things that could uh, uh, rising rates could push the market into like a recession coming up. So, you know, that, that could, that could end it. I don't know if it would really drop that 20%, which is the kind of the, the, uh, the marker mark for, you know, for a, 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 a change like that. But, uh, I think those are some things that could could hurt us. Um, and, but, I, you know, right now I'd have to say that um, I know there's a lot of naysayers out there, but right now I would say that we're going to continue in this trend because I don't think – I think we've got great numbers. We've got, you know, what was it, what was unemployment? Was it 3.9% in very July? Low. Yeah, yeah, very low. Yeah, and, you know, earnings have been great. The, the, the tax plan that uh, Trump has put in, slashing the corporate taxes has helped. Um, you know, there's, the economy is strong and, you know, I guess some people might also say that valuations are a bit high. And Uh so you might want to look at where you, where you put your money, um, into, you know, different sectors and, and, um, you know, you might not want to, you might want to stay away from some of the international things that could, could be affected and look at maybe some more small cap stuff. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's individual preference, uh, but I, I don't I don't see a change in this anytime soon. What what are your what are your thoughts? Well, uh, let me just interject here really quick just about uh, with regard to um, uh, taking advantage of this bullish market. And before the call, I was talking to Mark and RK. RK is our uh, CTO, Chief Technical Officer, just coming off of uh, another certification. Uh, CISSP certification. Congratulations, RK, on that. Thanks, Andy. And uh, now that he's done studying, he says uh, Mark's been trying to talk him into doing an Amazon trade. Um, and Mark has a lot of interesting comments about Amazon. And basically, just uh, he has taken advantage of the bullish trend that Amazon's been taking uh, over and over again uh, with options trades and. I don't know if you want to go ahead and chat about uh, about that trade now, and we can go into some specific trades that we we made uh, as a result of taking a look at the markets, taking a look at what Ari is telling us, uh, adjusting us to um, take a closer look at with regards to the bullish uh, trends that we're looking at here. Uh, uh, Amazon has been a a very expensive stock for investors to get into, and um, the majority of investors out there do not have uh, the wealth to make an, uh, a, a strong 100-share purchase of a $1,900 stock because that would turn into $190,000 for a single purchase in one, one stock if you're going to buy 100 shares. But trading options, you can go ahead and whenever you trade one contract, you're controlling 100 shares. So with uh, with only a, like a thousand dollars or uh, even less than a thousand dollars, you can actually do a spread trade on um, Amazon. Now, in using options, we have a way of determining where the expectation of the investor is in the near future. We can see that their expectation in today and in, in, in the you know as far as several years out in the future. Well, if you look at the expectation in Amazon. 
between now and October 19, 2018, you're going to see that the expectation of the Amazon investors is bearish. They're all stacking against us. They, they, they're all going, um, the put, there's more puts, there's more people buying insurance policies at this, this strike price at 1900 than there is people who are buying bullish a, a bullish a position. However, on October 19th, 2018, 57 days from now, you'll notice that there is a, a put-call ratio that is bullish, the very first one, and it's not only bullish, it's extremely bullish. It's at 0.51. And a number below 0.75 is very, very bullish. And, and a number be below 0.5 is the most bullish you can go. And this is right there. It's at the prefaces of, of, of that. Now, you have open interest and volume. Open interest represents the spread trader my, like myself who's long-term invested into the stock. And when I say long-term, I'm talking over a week, a couple of weeks. Andy mentioned in his trading, if you, please go to Andy's blog and read about his YY trades and his, his positions on how he likes to place a trade and what his um, attention wants to be on that trade. He mentions a 10-day cycle. I think that's a beautiful cycle. It's, it's well, it's a real a nice number to to get in it it, it oh, generate a reward in in 2 weeks and it's it's a very feasible reward and it keeps you in, uh, interested for for beginner traders I don't advise it so much but Andy is no longer a beginner trader he is now uh graduated to an advanced trader so he's so he's actually out there now. placing the <laughs> he's liable so He's out there placing uh, trades on his own. He's um, now able to go out and not use the OCW, the option chain wizard, to, to place these trades, and that's what he's doing. He's going out and seizing opportunities on his own. But um, right. Trade Caddy has this product, the OCW, that will take a beginner trader and make you just as good a trader as Andy because uh, it, it tells you everything and, and gives you all the tools that it needs to. Yeah. With that being said yeah, – let me throw in a plug for OCW real quick, Mark. Um, the OCW, a fantastic platform for you to learn how to trade. Uh, it's something that we're currently updating even, uh, even as we speak with regards to making it better. Um, it shows you all the, the calls and the puts. It gives you put-call ratios. Yes, you can find that stuff on other sites, but what you can't find on other sites are these um, bear options and these bull options and these stagnant options and these wild card options culminating and i can't even remember how many types of trades that you can make that the ocw pulls up for you now granted as of right now the data is from last night and so these are just for um, suggestions but the data is close enough for you to say man this is a really good trade what if i adjust the strikes up one dollar or one point and, and then recalculate, what's my risk now? What is my uh, break-even point going to be? What are the option prices? And you find something super appealing to you. You say, wow, can I really make uh, that much ROI with this trade? Let me go over to my trading platform now and just see if this is too good to be true. Oftentimes it is not, and you can go ahead and place a virtual trade. Um, uh, and, and I do a, quite a bit, a couple times a day. Uh, I, don't, I don't paper trade uh, um, as much as I should probably, but you can learn from every single one that you make and you can test to see how is the OCW matching up with my expectations. If it is, maybe next time this trade is going to be uh, for real. And it tells you, it teaches you exactly what happens to that trade, to your profit margin, when you make adjustments on the strike. 
can email it to yourself. You can go ahead and email your friends this trade. Uh, just a great way to learn exactly what it takes to place these options trades. So we go out, you take a look at Amazon, um, and you see what the put-call ratio is that, uh, uh, that Mark was just talking about with regards to any um, any uh, point in time that the, uh, the strikes are, are given. Like, you can, the first ones did the day till expiration is, you know, just one day away, uh, two days away, depending but all the way out to several uh, months out in time, um, 675 days till expiration for the, for the June 19th, 2020 uh, trades. You can definitely uh, learn quite a bit from the OCW. Uh, a lot of people might wonder why is October 19th, 2018, a bullish move for Amazon? The answer simply lies in something that Andy's been very good about uh, looking into. Whenever he looks at a trade, first thing he does, he goes to the earnings date. And that's yeah. the answer. October 24, 2018, at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, the Amazon is going to release their expectation, uh, their, their actual earnings. Their uh, estimated price per share, this coming earnings is $3.11 per share. Now, what's wow. interesting is if you look at that uh, and you compare that for the last four earnings that they've done, they've actually beat expectation uh, for uh, the prior entire year. Every quarter for the last four quarters, they, uh, they beat earnings. Um, the quarter before in July 2000, uh, 26, 2018, they put an EPS of $2.54, and they came in and reported $5.07. So wow. um, you, you look at uh, April 26, um, they had a dollar 26, and they came in at 3.27, a doubling of their earnings per share. And of course, their stock was driving up, driving up, driving up. Now let's go back to an example of when they actually had um, a, a loss. In July 27, 2017, they uh, get gave an earnings per share estimate of a dollar 42. Yet they only reported uh, for, uh, made forty cents, uh, therefore they lost seventy one point eight three percent on uh, based upon their uh, projections. So um, other than that, they've only had one loss in the last two years. And uh, Amazon might be considered a you know a sandbagger, and uh, Steve Jobs was a sandbagger. He would go out and he. Uh, these CEOs are not supposed to sandbag. They're not supposed to go out and, and underestimate their earnings. They're supposed to be given a, a very as accurate an estimate as possible. And what these CEOs tend to do, used to do, is they would go out and they would say, hey, I can only make a dollar knowing they could make three. And, and then whenever uh, the, the, the results came out, the market would rally and then the uh, company would d start dumping shares and, and making profit on that spike up. They would know. They would hold these shares, and the company would uh, project to release uh, on, after an earnings release. Now, uh -huh. uh, Sarbanes-Oxley law came in, and they uh, said that is illegal, and thanks to Enron, helped produce the Sarbanes-Oxley yeah. law, and, and now we have accountability to CEOs and CFOs and the executive team especially the, only the CEO and the CFO. So um, and this has a, been a long 
answer to Andy's question about my expectation of Amazon, I'm expecting this it to be stagnant to slightly bullish through up to earnings. And the the question is is where is that threshold that uh, RK and I got in at $1,800. We went ahead and I uh, wrote RK into this. Him and I were looking at the Amazon trade, and I said, "Hey, RK, do you want to do a bull put on Amazon at 1800?" And he said, "No, <laughs> we didn't do it." So, so we uh, we passed an He's opportunity now, at 1800. Excuse me. He's ready now, though. He's ready. Are you ready, RK? Uh, no, not yet. I waited. <laughs> <laughs> we'll trade for you, RK. How does that sound? Yeah. Well, yeah. you're supposed, yeah, to, you mentioned, you're supposed you mentioned to. that the strike. You mentioned that the uh, stock price of Amazon right now is at 1,900 or thereabouts. And I remember right. last year, actually in October or November, when I was creating that covered call class um, that is available out there. I think on YouTube or Vimeo, definitely out there on our website. Um, or if you're a Udemy customer, over 5,000 Udemy customers, uh, then you can find it there as well. Um, uh, or just hit us up if you're looking for it. Anyway, it was at under a thousand dollars. I think is how much it was at that point. Wow. I don't don't quote me on that, but I mean that the stock is just continues to climb. And I think you're right. Um, and based on the put call ratios and the earnings events coming up, there's still plenty of time to uh, to place a trade uh, that's going to make you money on that. But talking a little bit about um, about classes and about how I had that covered call class uh, and how it's available out there, and we did it for free. Um, and John, we were you had had kind of teased a little bit about the class that you are planning on having coming up that we will be sure to advertise on this podcast a specific date as well as through our Udemy customers and online on Twitter and Facebook. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you have in store for us, John? Sure, we're going to um, we're going to take a look at a a, a stock that. Uh, and, and what the uh, we're going to compare buying the stock and holding it versus buying the stock and following the trend and placing options trades uh, that are both bullish and bearish as we go through the different trends. And we're going to we're going to get, at the in the end we're going to look at what would have happened if you had just bought the stock versus what would you what would have happened if you had just if you had done the options along with the stock. And we're going to gotcha. show the students how they can um, uh, make money in even in the stagnant markets when a stock doesn't change much over time. We've all had those stocks, and they're frustrating. And you know, mm-hmm. you, you you go spend some money to buy uh, uh, a stock, and a year later it's the same price as you bought it at, and that that's not what your your growth objectives are. So. We're going to show the students how to uh, manage those kind of situations to where they can, you know, instead of being uh, zero or one or two percent plus or minus, uh, they could be 20, 30 percent plus in, in those scenarios or higher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's and that's kind of uh, what we've been playing with with that ABDL trade. And Mark, last night I got an email from Mark through the OCW. Um, which has recently been updated, I might have mentioned, um, about a trade that you tried to place yesterday. Can you give us a little background and history on that ABDL stock and why you wanted to place another trade last night? But it sounds like it didn't end up going through. The stock's down today, 
a half a percentage point to 4.44. But what what do you know about that trade? And what what were your intentions uh, this morning for the stock to do? Well, you know, uh, that's a – AVDL is a Irish pharmaceutical company, and and here we're taking American dollars and we're investing in it overseas. And the one thing that I I do want to mention is is that this is a high-risk trade, and it is a a trade that I do not recommend to um, a person who doesn't have risk money because the volume on this stock is is not enough. It doesn't meet the criteria for a beginner – uh, to intermediate trader, it, it only has a volume, a daily volume, of 534,000 today. But the average volume overall is only 337,000. So, if you're looking for a stock to invest and in, you like to see a volume over a million a day, and and this is not even close to that. So, here we are. We're tra- we're we're uh, taking a high risk, and we're we're uh, investing this pharmaceutical company. But uh, Andy and I. Uh, uh, several months ago, um, probably six months ago, got into the stock when it was at eight dollars, and we got uh, we've been trading it with, with the expectation of a bullish to stagnant run. And yet the way we've been doing it is we've been nibbling and weeding our way, uh, uh, lowering our cost basis by selling these short calls. Uh, unfortunately, I talked Andy into buying back that short call. Uh, recently, uh, and we ended up paying, uh, I think, 50 cents or 40 cents uh, for that and adding to our cost basis because we, our expectation is to say this stock was going to go ahead and rally, and our cost basis was down to $4.76, and now the stock's at 4.44, and we we just yeah. added 50, uh, maybe 50 cents to it, so we're at 5.26. So we're now uh, losing money on the stock, and uh, we're – on the entire time before that, we were we were profitable on this stock, and here we now now I was going to go ahead and double it down, and meaning I thought here's a stock that's been beat up, it's got a lot of um, bad news out there. The earnings is what has been uh, tearing this stock down. It's horrible, and and the number one concern when you have so bad of earnings is is this stock going to is this company going to go bankrupt, and that is the big question. Is this a candidate for a bankruptcy? And if it is, then you don't want to be owning the stock. However, let me throw in how powerful that put option is if we were to do a put. Uh, if it went bankrupt, we would be protected and we would be able to make our – we would make money on that long put. Having mm-hmm. uh, a long put is that insurance policy, the right to sell that stock at a fixed price. But we pay for that that instrument. So um, I was looking at a covered call in there, and I was looking at a way of getting into a put, ironically, but I was going to leg myself into it. So my expectation was, let's lower my cost basis down to $1.70, buy a long put at two fifty, and and uh, take the ride. Yeah. Yeah, I just like I'm looking at the stock right now and I'm trying to do a screen capture and send to you guys. Um yeah, the market's just closed seconds ago, four point four five. That's like actually went up to four point seven before the bell. Uh five years ago, uh it was at uh, six point two eight. And we had a support line drawn, I think almost at seven, because I think we went two years out, but we might have gone all the way back. And if we had gone all the way back, we would have been probably about five dollar five point eight two. $5.82 for our support line right around there. 
Um, and now we are actually below that. So you're right. Those earnings events, those earnings reports are not doing us any favors. And, you know, we're a full disclosure company. We, we talk about good trades and bad trades. And we're not saying that we're, I mean, we're down, but we're not out. And like you said, with options, um, there's plenty of options, so to speak, with regards to moving, moving upward uh, with this trade. Um, so, yeah, so um, that, that's an interesting trade. And we said we didn't do it about six months, and there's really no telling where it's going to go. Uh, we're just going to keep our eye out for it. Uh, we are about out of time. I'm going to give you guys the last word, but I just want to talk a little bit about one thing that I have learned when getting options is a lot of times, I don't know if we even call this a risk or we even talk about this in our classes, but I put, uh, I don't know if trade is partial to Chinese companies or not, but we talked about ticker YY last week, and it is a, um, turns out that's a company based out of China, a social media company. And this week uh, I put a trade on ticker MOMO, Turns out that's also a Chinese company. And um, so, I, again, I don't know if uh, Trade Caddy is just partial or, or, or how that's why that's happening. But um, I ended up putting a bull put um, on uh, OMO with a 39 short put strike and a 37 long put strike. Uh, and it was for, I think, a four days. Uh, I think I did it on Monday for a Friday expiration. I like those short-term trades. Um, and my credit basis ended up being a $1.10 risking nine, uh, 90 cents. The issue that I have encountered, and it's not really a regret because we don't want to get too greedy. Um, and let me see if I could find out what the percent ROI was on this trade. No, I don't know if this is correct. It says 122%. Maybe that's right. Um, the stock price right now is at 40, let's see, I think it's $44. Uh, but I limited profits by putting that short put strike at $39. So that is one of the, um, I guess I wouldn't call it a regrets, but what that's one of the limitations of, of putting in these, um, these, these, uh, these trades where you limit your profits as well as limiting your risks. Uh, can you think of any way to kind of, or, or John or RK, um, what were some of the, is this something I should just accept as, a fact of trading options is you're limiting your profits as well as your risk in certain trades. I mean, some, some trades you don't have unlimited risk, but with a, um, uh, with a, a bull put like that one, you really can only do so much and you're defining profit and your loss with the, uh, with the short and the long put. Go for it, John. <laughs> Oh. I've stumped them. You, you got me uh, tongue-tied here, Andy. That was an uh, earful. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, I'm just um, wondering if it's something that, as an options trader, you just accept. Like, I see that um, had I not placed that uh, short put strike at 39 and I'd rather put it at 40 or 41 or 42, my profits could have increased um, but it's because right now the stock price is at 44 and my expiration date is in two days. Um, and I guess it's just part of the trick. Part of the trade is you just accept your profits when you get them and the losses, you try to, um, well, narrow your losses, with, you, uh, secondary exit. You know, what, one of the things that we, we would teach at, at, uh, at, uh, trade caddy is the, is the no fear trading. And when we set, our primary exit points, we set them for a specific, you know, normally we set them for a specific ROI. Um, 
or or um, right. uh, have the options expire worthless. So um, you you can never go wrong taking a pro a profit. And well, I shouldn't say that because I I missed out on some pretty big when I took a profit, but I was happy with my profit. But it would have been much greater. But you never know that. A lot of times you uh, you stick in there. If you don't take that profit, it goes it goes the other way. Then you're out. You lose. Right. You know? So you've kind of got to be disciplined. And yes, you do have to accept these things. And and uh, and that's the purpose of the primary exit point. And the secondary exit point is to is to uh, how you're going to uh, modify the trade if it goes against you. So. Those are things that uh, we we all have to be extremely disciplined about, and something we'll go over in our trade caddy education, and we'll we'll do a class on it specifically. Is is you know that very thing? And I don't again. I mean, what was your profit? What was your percent profit on the trade, Andy? I think it was if I'm if I'm doing my math right, it was 122 percent ROI. So I shouldn't be complaining. No. Not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I had a theoretical I mean, even point of $38.45. Um, obviously, the stock is way above that right now. And you're absolutely right. My primary exit point is clearly defined, as was my secondary exit. There's really no question. I should not I should be happy with the profits I've received. Just seeing the stock continue. I, there is a sense of satisfaction of knowing that I picked the right direction and I was conservative enough that I didn't take too much risk. And now we're just, now I'm reaping the profits and moving on and making more trades. Um, and so that's pretty much all the time that we have. We are six minutes over. The market closed six minutes ago. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, catch us next week at the same time. And if you, until then, follow us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, sign up for our classes on you to me, and uh, we'll see you next time. This is Power Trader Radio. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.